0: Hello and welcome to episode 2 of the Zulu Fox Photo Podcast. This week we're going to talk about what to look for when you're buying used cameras. Let's get to the show. Today I wanted to bring up some points to expand on the idea from the previous podcast about picking up used film cameras for cheap. These tips will be geared a little more towards those of you who are new to film photography or even photography in general. Some of these tips will apply to digital cameras also, but I find with most digitals, if they're broke, they're broke. And this will not be an exhausted list, but some of the hints and tips you can apply to any camera you can find. I'll mention some specific models that I know and trade in, but again, the beauty of getting into film is that there are thousands of camera models out there that we have access to. My number one camera buying tip is that once you narrow down your search to a specific model, be patient. The right one will come along. Don't throw your money after a questionable camera just because it seems like the best deal ever. Keep in mind, for the most part, millions of these cameras were built, and they are not rare, again, for the most part. I would hate for you to go pick out your first camera and have it be a disappointing experience that puts you off of film. Also remember there's no such thing as the perfect camera. Find the one you like and work on just shooting that camera and learning how it works. You can spend hours on the internet, and listening to podcasts, watching YouTube videos, everything to try and figure out what the best camera is, what the best features are, and you'll never actually find it. What you have to do is find the one that works for you. So with that being said, let's go for a couple of tips and inside tricks to picking up a great used film camera. You know, I've been buying and selling and collecting film cameras, mostly 35mm SLRs from the 60s through the 90s for about two years now. And I've made a few mistakes along the way, and hopefully, I can help you avoid a couple of those. I, I stick to the SLRs, one because that was just kind of what I started with, and two, they have the most availability, if you will, and they're easier to fix generally. If a rangefinder is kind of broken or something's wrong with it, um, you know, it's harder to get past that. I'm not saying that rangefinders or like point-and-shoots are bad. Um, it's just there's so many cameras out there I thought I would kind of just keep this this focused for this week and we can maybe discuss other models and the pros and cons of those later. Now there's several different ways you can go about buying used cameras and I'll talk about a few of those. Um, the big one obviously is eBay. That's the first place most people go It's going to have the widest selection of cameras and the but the the caveat to that is is a lot of those cameras are going to be like a state sale or, you know, somebody found it in their garage, they don't really know what it is, so you don't really know what you're getting. A lot of times you can't really communicate with the seller, and so you can't really ask them what's going on with it, or they just don't know. Like, they don't know that you have to put batteries in it to make it work. So you, it is a little more risky to buy on eBay, unless you're buying from an established camera store that works on eBay. But, I, I mean, I wouldn't, you know, ignore eBay as far as a place to go get cameras, but you just have to understand that there are some pitfalls with it. Other places to go get cameras, uh, obviously, would be Craigslist, Facebook Marketplace. I've actually had a lot of luck lately with Facebook Marketplace. Um, You don't get the dearth of as many cameras as you would on eBay because you're not dealing nationwide, Um, especially if you live in a smaller town. Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist might be a little tougher. Uh, I live in a medium-sized town here in Huntsville, Alabama, and cameras don't show up real often on Craigslist. They do a little more on Facebook Marketplace. The, the upside to those is uh, usually the person selling the camera owned the camera originally or they knew who owned it, and so they're able to answer questions about it or tell you if it works, or they were a photographer and they're just you know, looking to move some gear around. Uh, the last place, I mean, again, this is not an exhaustive list. There's all kinds of places you can go. Uh, I sell on Etsy, and I find buying from Etsy is... Uh, for what I do, because I generally tend to buy cameras in order to shoot them for a little bit, test them out, and then sell them on. And if I buy them on Etsy, I'm usually so far into them money-wise that I can't make a profit on the other side. So me personally, I tend to avoid Etsy, but it's a great place if you want to buy a nice, reliable film camera. Because most of the ones there are film-tested, they've been CLA'd, and we'll get into CLA's later. And it's a much better place, a much higher quality marketplace, I think. And then plus you get that nationwide reach. Also, there's uh, keh.com, that's kiloechohotel.com. They're a camera store in Atlanta, Georgia. They have a pretty wide selection of used film cameras. The prices, again, are pretty good. They've got a rating system, everything from as is and bargain all the way up to excellent. And you can kind of take your chances with that. They do offer a return, which is kind of nice. I find their prices to be a little bit higher than other places. So you can watch out for that. They do sell some of their bargain stuff on eBay. So you can search for keh on ebay and you can see the stuff they have listed there i've bought a couple of cameras from them mostly for parts and the experience has been pretty good so i don't think that it's um you know a bad way to go if you're looking to spend a little bit more and again they i also see that their rating is a little generous too so like something they'll list as a bargain uh, you have to remember like they couldn't sell it you know as a nice camera versus what you might be ex- willing to accept like a little bit of patina or you know maybe you know, the paint's peeling off or something like that. So, again, your own judgment. And a lot of things, as always with buying stuff, if the deal seems too good to be true, it probably is. So we'll go about some other things to look for when you're buying a camera. And a lot of these you're going to have to either, you know, ask the seller or, you know, if you can hold the camera in your hand first, that's obviously the most ideal way to go about doing it. But if you don't get a chance to hold on to the camera... Then you can still get away with, you know, going and looking at stuff on eBay. Usually, a lot of the sellers will put enough pictures on there that you can kind of get a good feel for how the camera is going to operate or how it looks. Um, I mean, again, you can also go and, and email the seller. Still, they might. A lot of them are pretty responsive. And then on Etsy, I know they're responsive. Um, I know I'm responsive when I'm selling cameras on Etsy. Again, a little plug for my store. If you are looking for a used film camera, you can find me on Etsy for under Zulu Fox Photo. I'll put a link in the show notes, and you can go check me out there. I don't. I think I only have one camera available right now. Um, it, it's been kind of a lull for me on getting a couple of used SLRs up. I know I have a couple coming pretty soon. But anyways, back to my point. You know, If you're looking at a camera online, and just make sure you look at the pictures closely. I've been burned a couple of times where I got excited about a camera model that showed up. And it's one I had been hunting for and I forget to you know, look at the pictures real close and I see that like the winding knob's missing or the back's missing or, uh, you know, various other parts are, are dinged up and not in the best shape of what I would want. And So that's, that's a little tough and I've been burned by that a couple of times. Usually I can overcome it because I, I, I do have a few parts cameras laying around so I can, I can make a good camera out of two or three bad ones. But if you're buying your first camera or you're buying a new to you, like you're expanding into the SLR, you're expanding into a rangefinder, or something like that for a film camera, you're more than likely, if you're listening to this, you don't have a ton of cameras laying around or you're not doing work on them. So just fire beware on that. And I've also had one experience where the camera that showed up was absolutely not what the listing was. It, you know, uh, you know, I'll take you to the example, I was looking for a Nikon FM and the the listing showed it as a Nikon FM, the pictures were of a Nikon FM, the camera showed up as a Nikon FE. Not a deal breaker for me, and for the price I paid, you know, it was a fair price for an FE, and I was still happy with it, the camera was in good shape. And, you know, I just contacted the seller, and he, you know, refunded me a couple of bucks, you know, pretty much the shipping, you know, for sending me basically the wrong camera for what he listed. And, you know, a lot of the sellers on eBay are willing to look over, you know, and help you out. Um, One thing I would avoid is there's a lot of cameras on eBay, too, that are from Japan. I don't have any experience buying them. I've read a few reviews that people buy stuff from Japan, you know, from Japanese sellers, and they've had good experiences, but then again, you're going to remember, like, you're going to have three to four weeks of shipping. You know, if there is something wrong, like, sending it back is going to be a huge pain. So, just, again, something to be aware of, not a deal breaker, not something that you have to look out for too much but I mean buyer beware always always the whole underlie to this entire podcast is buyer beware and just realize you are buying equipment that is can be upwards of 40 years old or even older Um, you you know you got to figure most that the the heyday of the Japanese SLR was the mid-70s so you're you're looking at 40 years easy just to get started. But if you go ahead and look for it, there's a lot of ways you can get some bargains, especially on a couple of camera models that I'll bring up. Uh, the Canon AE1 is the first one that comes to mind. If you're willing to take a little bit of a risk, and somebody lists that the AE1 is not working, the shutter doesn't advance, or you know it doesn't fire, uh, usually, and I'll say usually, and again, all this was the, you know with the understanding that this is not 100% of the time, the camera just needs a battery, and because the AE1 has an electromagnetic shutter which means the shutter works off an electromagnet so there's a magnet that physically holds the shutter closed until the you know the shutter fires and then that that magnet releases and lets the shutter go back and forth and so if you don't have a battery in it it doesn't work Um, the nikon fe is another one that's kind of like that if there's no batteries in the camera the shutter won't fire except on two manual modes the uh the one ninetieth of a second and the bulb whereas the AE-1 won't fire at all, period. Like, there's nothing you can do to make that camera fire without taking the bottom off and tripping the maggot yourself. So if they list it as um, untested or, you know, buyer, you know, untested and, you know, shutter doesn't fire, it's quite possibly the battery. Now, I would take more of a risk with that if it's your first camera it's something you really want, and especially if you're paying north of 100 bucks for it, you know, that you go try it out on hand, and that's going to lead me to my second tip, is if you're going to go shop for cameras in person like you're meeting somebody from craigslist or facebook or you're going to a thrift shop bring some common batteries with you most of the like 90s slrs uh, canon t70s t50s um, some of the cameras of that that ilk some of the more amateur level cameras they run on trip or double a batteries so those are real easy to get uh the canon ones you know that was a uh, uh it's called a px28l or px28a and the l and the a just signifies whether it was a lithium battery, which I recommend, versus an alkaline battery. Um, either one of those batteries is fine on that camera. I mean, it'll last you a year as long as you don't just leave the meter on, which is really hard to do because you have to have the shutter depressed for it to meter. But anyways, um, bring batteries with you. If it's a camera you know that you're gonna go look at, and you know this is a little harder with a thrift shop, but easier if you're gonna go meet somebody, uh, bring the battery for that camera so that way you can really test it out before you turn over your cache. And, you know, that's burned me a couple of times, too, where I've gotten a camera that looks great, but doesn't work when I got it home. And it's always just disappointing. And, you know, I've learned that lesson a couple of times. And then another thing you'll probably see online um, is a CLA. So if you see a camera that has a CLA, that stands for clean, Cleaned, Lubricated, and Adjusted. And basically what clean, Lubricated, and Adjusted really means is that the camera's been to a shop, like a real shop, um, and somebody has gone through it, cleaned all the contacts, cleaned all the pieces, cleaned the mirrors, cleaned the glass, and then lubricated it and readjusted the shutter speed, the meter, everything the best that they can to get it near as well as it was when it left the factory. These are kind of like, I won't say the holy grail of used cameras, but finding a camera that has had a recent CLA is definitely a definite plus. Uh, you will pay for that. Um, you know, usually a good CLA runs about $75, $80. So if you're finding a used camera online that's got a CLA done, you're gonna, you're probably gonna be eating that cost to reimburse the person that had the CLA done in the first place. Uh, if you can, you can also buy cheaper cameras and send them off the CLAs yourself. There's a couple of places in the states I know for sure that do CLAs. I mean, it's not a super fast process, so it's, you know, a lot of these guys, you know, the, they're the the last of the breed on fixing cameras, so they usually have a bit of a work backlog. But if you're Lucky enough to find something with a CLA that's you know a pretty decent price. It's it's definitely a, a peace of mind on getting a camera that's been looked over and has been cleaned and reset the factory the way it's supposed to. And then you know a lot of that is you have to trust the seller actually when they say CLA that they mean a real CLA. And I would even almost go as far as to ask who did the CLA if you're really concerned about it. Thrift stores are another place you can pick up cameras. Um, not my favorite around here they're hard to find Uh, when I do find cameras they're usually not great ones because again I also look at it with an eye towards you know selling that camera on so you know if I'm looking at stuff at a at a at a thrift store you know I want good cameras I don't want stuff that I know is only going to flip online for 30 or 40 bucks I'm not going to waste my time I mean I won't make that back in shipping but they are a good place, especially if you want to go find just something to shoot film with. You go find you a you know, little uh, point-and-shoot camera, the little plastic Fantastics from the 80. Those work great. They shoot film just as well as anything else. I mean, you have to understand the limitation of that camera, but sometimes the limitations are nice. And so thrift stores are another place you can go look. I know we have a couple here in town, and they've kind of caught on that, you know, these SLRs are something worth holding on to. So they'll do silent auctions and stuff, or they're in a special case, or they're actually starting to price these things close to what they're worth or at least half of what they're worth on what they could do on the secondary market and so thrift stores are good plus you can handle the camera you can try it out see if it clicks again bring some batteries in your pocket and that way you can test it out in the store one thing i would recommend if you are doing thrift shop um, a lot of times you'll find polaroid cameras in thrift shops which is great except for the fact that if it's a uh, the pack film type cameras, which don't ask me—I know nothing about Polaroids. I just know that you can't buy pack film anymore. There's a couple of places that are trying to bring it back, but uh, that's that's not working so far. So you're kind of ending up buying something that's going to sit on your shelf. And if you're good with that, and they're cool-looking cameras, like uh, go for it. I'm not going to tell you not to, but just beware. Uh, Thirty-five millimeter is probably the where you want to stay because you can still get that film pretty readily. Also, if you're lucky enough, like I am, I have a camera shop here in town. And yes, they primarily deal in digital and do film processing, but they also have a, a rack of, of used film cameras, and you know, so that's another place if you've got a store in town, to go check out and to, uh, see what they have available. All right, so let's get into the actual tips and what you want to look for when you're buying a camera. Um, pick it up first and make sure and really just shake it. Um, you know, the only thing you should hear rattling around is maybe the uh, the lug, the lug. What do you call them, lug loops for the strap. You should hear those shaking against the camera body, but you shouldn't hear anything else inside the body shaking around, or I mean, I'm not saying like vigorously shake it, but you know, give it a good, give it a good rattle and see what's going on. Uh, that's usually one way that you know that it might be broken because there's parts rolling around inside. That's never a good thing. I mean, these cameras are like pretty precision mechanical instruments, so having loose parts rolling around is never ideal. And then uh, you can go ahead and open the backup and you can look through to check the light seals around the door that open. Um, You can look for shutter operation if you've got some batteries to make the shutter fire. Uh, You should see, you know, if you do it on a pretty low shutter speed, you should see the shutter flap open, flap closed. Um, You can also look for obvious damage there too if it's a, it's a cloth shutter or the leaf shutter where you know there's a couple of overlaid pieces of plastic or whatever the material is they use for the shutter just look for anything obvious i mean it's really going to stand out to you if something looks wrong on one of these cameras it probably is and then take the lens you know pull around the front take the lens off look to see the make sure there's no um like a broken mirror or the mirror's stuck up i mean uh you can again if you're looking at this and something about it looks wrong or looks broken it's broken there's not a lot of mystery to these. And so, you know, you can also look through the lens, hold it up to the light, see if there's any fungus, which will look like, um, I guess my kid actually describes it the best way. It looks like there's a tree growing in it. The fungus, if it's a small patch of fungus, the lens will usually work just fine. You know, the picture, the way the light hits the lens and goes through to the film, that fungus may look big in the lens, but overall when you're taking your picture, it's very, very minuscule and it'll probably work just fine. Um, lenses are very easy to replace too. And so don't let that put you off. Um, Some people, some lenses you can twist them and watch the aperture blades close down or go, you know, open up and, but like Canon lenses, they don't because it's controlled by the camera. So, you know, that's not a good test there. And then, um, yeah, just look around the rest of the inside of the the mirror box, just for anything loose, anything that's broken. Uh, Look through the viewfinder, make sure it's clean and bright. A little dirt and dust on the viewfinder is not a terrible thing either. It just kind of interferes with you composing your shot. But, again, you're buying 40-year-old cameras. There's going to be some dirt and dust. Now, if it's super dirty and dusty, it depends on how much you want to take on. They can be cleaned, and you can do it at home, and it's pretty easy, but you can also screw it up. Not to scare you, but you can ruin the mirror if you rub it with the wrong stuff or try to use the wrong kind of cleaner on it. It It's very sensitive, and so what you want to do is use a dedicated mirror cleaner or lens cleaner and a very soft cloth to like wipe off any like major dirt. What I really recommend is just getting a little blower bulb and a brush and uh, just brushing it off. But you can clean them and it's not a big deal. So moving on. So always just kind of look over the camera too. Like once you get it back together, test fire it a couple of times. Make sure the winder feels good, that there's not a lot of resistance. It shouldn't feel gritty Um, It should be a nice and smooth action on the uh, the film advance lever. The lens should come on and off nicely. The lens should be able to focus. Like when you turn the focus ring, it should be smooth. Um, Make sure that all the pieces and parts look like they're there, and you'll probably be pretty all right. So, again, just stuff to be aware of. If it looks broken, it probably is broken. And for the most part, a lot of these cameras aren't worth you know, dumping a bunch of money into them after you buy them to fix them up, unless it's something that's very specific to you or very special to you that you want. But if you're out buying a used SLR, um, if it's broken, again, it's, it's worth fixing sometimes, but not all the time. And so there are millions of these cameras, and I'll reiterate that there were millions of them built. And so the one you're holding in your hand is not the last one that's ever available in the world. And it might be that you have to wait a little while longer to get another one, but it's worth the wait a lot of times to get a get a camera that you're actually happy with rather than one that becomes a very frustrating process. So I think that will wrap it up here for today um, as far as some tips and tricks on buying cameras. Again, just always buyer beware and uh, if you know the marketplace you're buying from and obviously buying from a person directly face-to-face is the, the best option. Um, not as common or as easy to do but there are great deals out there and there are good cameras out there floating around and there are good sellers out there on ebay and etsy and craigslist and that they know what they're talking about and so don't feel like one marketplace is better than the other but uh, just again use your judgment and if something feels wrong then it probably is if something looks wrong then it probably is and just go ahead and have fun and part of this is the the hunting and the finding in the bargain And finding these old cameras and bringing them back to life, so you really can't go wrong at that point. And nothing you can do, nothing you can do or say, is ever going to really be wrong, you know. And and again, if the camera's not right, the camera's not right. So, I've rambled enough. So we're just going to go ahead and wrap it up here. Again, this is Mike, and this is episode two of the Zulu Fox Photo Podcast on how to purchase a used or vintage camera. And I think on next week's show, we're going to talk about some good starter film cameras, if you're looking to get into film, so we can put some of these tips and tricks into use when you go out and try and find your first one. If you enjoyed this podcast, I'd appreciate it if you hit, hit the like button, subscribe, you know, leave me a review on iTunes or wherever it is you're getting your podcast from. Give me five stars because that'll help kind of spread the word for me that uh, you know that this podcast is out and it's a resource that's available. and you know if you want to tell your friends about it too, that would also be great because everybody loves a little bit of word of mouth. So anyways, go ahead and tune in next week and we will talk about um, some good starter film camera, cameras and what it is I think you should buy just based on my experience. and uh, anyways, thanks for listening and we'll catch you next week.